Welcome to the Man Up, Man Down podcast, presented by Volker Baluda and David Pawsey. We discuss the pressures and challenges faced by men approaching middle age that we're often too embarrassed to speak about with our friends. You can find us online at www.manupdown.com. Enjoy the show and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Welcome to another episode of season two of Men Up, Men Down. Today we have the pleasure of welcoming Dan Flanagan from Dead La Soul. So Dan is the founder of Dead La Soul, an award-winning social enterprise that exists to orchestrate a revolution in the way that the stories and struggles of the six million deaths in the UK are seen, heard and supported. So Dan and I actually caught up a few weeks ago and, and I just literally before said before we went live, you know, we should have just, you know, recorded that conversation as an episode. Um, because Dan, Dan's career spans 20 plus years working across a range of startups and multinational media agencies, creating campaigns for brands, including Barclays, LG, The White Stuff, Cancer Research and Disney. So we're all kind of coming from a media background here. Um, having spent the last seven years in the non-for-profit sector, he is now a respected thought leader in the men's mental health and fatherhood field and was awarded Judge's Choice at the Social Entrepreneur of the Year Index. He also recently, and we need to ask him, got, got something awarded by, by a chap called Rishi Sunak, which I believe heads the government in the UK, so well, well done on that as well. So Detla Soul has invested more than 10,000 hours in partnering with tech innovators, co-working spaces, local authorities, university research teams, use music charities and social housing providers to help tackle these issues from the inside out. So then welcome to our podcast, first of all. And I know you just recently, if as it did all this part-time and just recently went went full-time to do this full-time, which sounds like more than a one-man man job. So um, well, well done for you and well done getting the letter from Rishi you need to tell us all about. Uh, yes, thank you for having me, fellas. It's sort of six or seven yeah. years of part-time and evening work. And it's something that puts the fire in my belly. You know, I, I have for years of coming up with great ideas for brands I didn't really care about, but they paid quite well. It got to the stage where I understood the sort of uh, the for-profit world and I wanted to actually make a bit more of an impact rather than just having a swanky business card and going up the corporate ladder where I essentially didn't fit in. Yeah, the, the letter from Rishi came a couple of weeks ago. I actually, I got a phone call from 10 Downing Street, completely out of the blue. And I was like, are you sure? You know, I, I, I genuinely thought it was one of my mates on a wind-up. But it, it was. And, yeah, we were recognised with something called the Port Points of Light Award, which um, I think started in the States about a dozen years ago. And they, they recognise leaders in the field, community activists, doing good work and somehow Dadler Soul had got onto their radar and yeah they gave me a nice award which was it's lovely you know I'm a big fan there's a saying it's like work for the cause not for the applause and that's what I really believe in but then we are a struggling social enterprise in the way I mean struggling financially because it is tough out there with funding bids so if you can start putting awards and stuff like that on funding bids it does open up a lot more doors so it's like okay I'll take some awards from the bad people, put them on the funding bid, get some more money and we can do some good work. So, yeah. 
So Rishi didn't uh, include a nice big fat check in your letter then? Unfortunately, no. He did write me a lovely letter, and I have got it framed because it is one of those, really? Really? You know, can I go back into my time machine and go and meet the careers teacher that told me I had two <laughs> choices? I'd end up in prison or the army, you know? So it's a little bit of a, how do I put this politely, lads? A, a two-fingered salute to the people that sort of had written me off in the past. So where did the kind of the kernel of the idea come from? Um, I mean, obviously you said, you know, you're working in advertising and marketing, um, you know, what What was it that, well, I guess, was it a situation that you were in that you thought, why isn't there a support network like this? A, a, bit, a bit of everything, to be honest. It goes back even sort of further than that. At the age of six, my in the 80s, my parents divorced and due to my mum's ill health, my dad was awarded custody of me and my three sisters. So I sort of grew up firsthand seeing the, the abject lack of support there was, for, you know, for dads. And then fast forward 30 odd years when I became a dad myself and started to look for the, the sport for the struggles I was facing. I realised, you know, not much had changed. And it was kind of, it was that the moment that I decided that was a hill I was prepared to die on. You know, there's a there's a hundred new babies being born every hour. But when's the last time you saw a dad and toddler group at a gents toilets with baby changing facilities or, a, you know, like a national brand that says, hey, recommended by dads. And the, the sort of the darker side of what we do, right? there's there's 84 men under the age of 45 being lost to suicide each week in this country. And it's because men don't talk. So we're actively set up to promote the stories and the struggles of the dads, but we do it in a kind of a Trojan horse approach. Because if I was to go over and maybe walk into a pub and go, hello, middle-aged men, come over here and talk about your problems. You're going to go, no, thank you very much, Dan. That sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah. And yeah, men don't seek help until point of crisis. Yeah. And by some time, that, that's, that's too late. So what we do is operate three or four steps before. The first Dadless Soul, I suppose, it, it came out, yeah, well, I was in a media agency. There was, there was millions of mummy bloggers out there at the time that we were working with, but there was very few dads. And so I, I started writing. I had some time on my hand on the commute and the the blog took off. It ended up being an online magazine and we had 18 different dads from around the country telling their stories. I, you know, similar, similar to you, you know, my, my dad passed away during this time as well. And it really gave me food for thought. And I did a typical bloke thing where I, not so, I didn't ignore it, but I ignored it emotionally. And I went straight back to work because I had mouths to feed, you know, clients due, blah, 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 blah. And sort of six months into it, uh, it came and bit me on the backside really heavily and I broke. So I had some time off. Actually, I ended up getting chicken pox for the second time, which is quite unusual, especially as an adult. You know, you get spots in some very odd places, lads. It, it ain't pleasant. <laughs> I realised in that time I sort of I played with my son a lot more than I had done in months because I'd normally Monday to Friday I'd leave very early in the morning I'd get home quite late at night if I was lucky if the trains were on time you know I could put him to bed and maybe read him a story but even then I I, I hate to admit it but sometimes yeah, I was still on my phone 
go and go to sleep, little sod, because I've got client emails, because that was my, my role as a provider. And then just having this, where I became ill, I had to stop working. And I, I realised how much of his life I was probably missing out on. And I reflected back to my, my own childhood when my dad ran quite a successful architect's practice and he was dealing with four kids. So, you know, financially we were very secure, but he was very, very time poor. And I think that's the biggest gift that you can give your kids is being around. So, yeah, I've made a decision. I never went back to the corporate world and I was around a lot more to do. It wasn't the school run because he was still too young, but, you know, the nursery runs, going to mother and baby groups. But it was there that I'd go and I'd get some really odd looks. You know, what was I doing there on a Monday morning? Didn't I have a proper job? Or uh, was I happy to live off my wife? Or, you know, the really lovely one is he's probably a paedophile because he's here to play with other kids. And it was like, right, Illy, in this day and age, this is what we're faced with. Did you genuinely uh, get yeah. some... Wow. Yeah, and I'm not the only one. The the, the community within Dad LaSalle, they are very common stories. Yeah. A lad was telling me the other day that the, the whisper went round that he had to be a widower. Right. There was no other reason why a man would be at that mother and toddler group. May I ask then, what, what year that was, or, or, or decade? So um, perspective as well. So my um, son's 11. So, okay, well, so, so yeah, it was about nine years ago. Yeah. Because that, I think that puts it in perspective, right? Because, I mean, I, I have a child similar age. He's, he's 12. And to be honest, I always had these thoughts like, you know, why do I have to go to work? And my, my wife can just stay at home and do all these mummy groups. But I, I remember I once took, took a day off because I think my wife was traveling somewhere. And, um, you know, she says, oh, you have to go to this toddler group. And yeah, if I say people, mummies just look at you and go like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> you, know, you, yeah. you, you shouldn't be here. Yeah. And it's lonely, but nobody wants to admit that. Yeah. But it's 10, you know, it's 10 years ago. It's not like 30, 40 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not the 70s we're talking about. And that's sad. I mean, it's it's interesting because I, I was going through the same thing. Um, at, well, so when my, you know, my partner is the main breadwinner um, in our family, so I, I started, I was a stay-at-home dad when we had my daughter, who's now 13. Then I, and I was doing freelance work. Then I think by the time my son came along, it was like, oh, we'll get a nanny. Then I basically suddenly lost work. And it was like, oh, we can't afford the nanny. So I went back to sort of being a stay-at-home dad. And oh, I, I managed to get, I don't know if I should mention who they are, but basically I, I got into a bit of a row with um, the local mum's Facebook group. Because <laughs> um, I, I, I I signed up for it, and you know, and I was trying to, well, as you say, you know, there is this sort of, well, yeah, you just feel like an outsider, and you know, when when you you're someone that can sort of feel like an outsider, even when you're sort of in an environment where you should feel hell yeah, so so it's like completely amplified. Um, so I, ah, uh, I think you know, I was in this group for a while, then suddenly discovered that I wasn't. And I was like, oh, why have I been kicked out of this group? And like, I was messaging the woman saying, oh, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a freelance journalist. I'm going to write to The Guardian. You know, what what would be the response if there was a male group that excluded women? Blah, blah, blah. And, and I mean, you know, I, I probably went a bit overboard. But she was just like, well, you know, it's, it is for women. And, you know, talk about sensitive women issues. I'm like, well, okay, fair enough. 
And then not long after that, there was like a thing in the local newspaper. There's like a guy, I think he's a bit of a like TikTok influencer in the area, but basically he'd been on a, on a, on a train and I think a woman was breastfeeding and some guy made a comment and basically this guy stepped in and sort of said, you know, I'm going to give you a slap sort of thing. So basically there was this thing like going on, oh, he got made an honorary member of the East Grinstead, oh, I've said it now, the East Grinstead Facebook like mums group. So I, I then sort of went in and went, oh, well, I got kicked out of that group. <laughs> if only I'd known that, you know, basically to get accepted, you just, you know, use some foul language and a bit of violence and you get accepted into the group. But yeah, sorry, that's my little anecdote of, of yeah, it's, you know, the response was, we'll set up your own man's group, um, which, you know, perhaps I should have done. I, I guess, you know, I'd, I'd made a lot of female friends, but there was always this kind of thing of, oh, do they think I'm perving on them? You know, do they, do they think I'm here to like hook up with mums? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess I, I hadn't even thought they might think I was a pedophile. Yeah, right. but, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, it's... But we're not yeah. set up. You know, if you think, if, when you take it, when the kids are small and you go down the park, the mums will quite happily start chatting and exchange numbers and organise a play date. You can't yeah. walk over to somebody else's missus and say, hey, can I have your number and then we'll, we'll catch up. It's just, we're just too socially awkward for that. And yeah. even if there's another dad in the park, we we are, I don't know, unconfident or yeah, you know, whatever it is. It just doesn't tend to happen. Yeah, there's, there's millions of people feeling exactly the same way. So it's like, actually, I cannot be the only one that feels like this. I just need to find my my tribe. So um, so well, so how how did you set up your tribe then, Dan? So um, just as a a bit of a, a precursor, when the I was doing the online magazine. I'd, I'd sort of moved to a new town, big up Worthing in, in West Sussex. Had lovely old theatres, but the the entertainment was kind of like the swinging blue jean 60th comeback tour. Yeah. And there was nothing for our generation. So I took a punt, hired out of space on a Sunday afternoon and started putting on family-friendly raves called Top Rockin' Beats. So I got my mates that were DJs in, hired in a bit of soft play, and the first one we did on Father's Day about eight years ago, I was a bit like a nervous 13-year-old yeah. girl thinking, is anybody going to come to my party? <laughs> Open the door, there's 450 people there. They're Jesus. queuing around the block. We end up doing about 30 of these. So we were doing crowds of well over a 1,000. We did summer festivals. And so for the... But even amongst all this chaos and wonderfulness, I was still feeling really lonely. You know, we, we had a nice group of friends, but they were the friends that my my then wife had met. And they weren't my people. So I thought, oh, okay, what I'll do is I'll just see if there's any dads around for a play date one Saturday morning. No, I've, I've got turntables from the rave. I've got a bit of soft play. Let's just hire out a space. So I, I talked a mate of mine into giving his swanky offices in Brighton over to us on a Saturday morning. We had beatbox battles, uh, DJ workshops, 14 dads and 20 kids running absolute riot. You know, let's just say my understanding of health and safety back then was limited. <laughs> uh, but what I realised is because we gently barred the mums, the dads were actually talking and nobody was on their phone and feeling awkward. You know, if you go to soft play, you're on your own. You're surrounded by people on their phones or you're down the park and, you know, 
but the, the dads were chatting. I thought, this is something. I don't know what it is, but this is the, that was the kernel, and it sort of just grew from there. So I think we're now up to about 250 different events for well over 10,000 people. And what we do differently uh, than normal play dates is that we take over really interesting spaces. So rather than going to like a, a, a drafty church hall, we'll take over an art gallery, a museum. The, the space in Brighton is a tech innovation centre. And the, the dads and kids can come along on a Saturday morning. The kids can blow off some steam. The dads can make some friends. They can actively volunteer, you know, because everybody's got a skill that they can share. And yeah, it's sort of grown. We've done stand-up comedy workshops, film workshops. I raided the back of a factory and located a load of cardboard boxes. And then we spent the morning building robots, you know, um, and it's grown and it's, because we're a dad's group, we initially you can get cast with, you know, we're not those blokes that dress up in superhero costumes and hate women and, you know, climb on Big Ben. It's There's probably 65% of our members have been gently pushed into coming by their wives and partners because they can see the benefit of it. They can see that the men are working too much or they're stressed or they're lonely. Quick win is, you know, mums get a bit of time off on the Saturday. But the beauty of it is that the, the dads will go and make friends and then they'll start their own thing. So we've got sea swimming groups, we've got five-a-side teams, we've got there's boxing, there's poker, there's gaming. So when you come to events, you naturally meet, you know, some pals and you go, okay, next Saturday I'm going to take the twins swimming. Does anybody fancy it? Yes, I do. Oh, I've got a spare ticket to this gig that I really want to go to. Does anyone want to go? Yes, I do. You know, when we were kids it's really easy to make friends in the playground. You just walk around with your arms out going, who wants to play army? No girls. And suddenly, <laughs> you know, you can't really do that as a grown up. You know, our, our social bubbles constrict as we get older and it's lonely. I mean, it's, it's interesting there. Like you, you've sort of, I mean, you know, touched on sort of several, several different hobbies. Um, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit, actually. Um, <laughs> oh, there was a comment that I, I sort of mentioned. I, oh, I was having a conversation with someone and I was just sort of saying about how, you know, typical it is. It's like, oh, you're a man. So is this man. You know, you, you both have jobs. Uh, you've watched a football match before. You're going to get on really well. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, well, for me, you know, I like playing football. Um, but I couldn't tell you, you know, I can, I can name a few Premier League players, but I, I couldn't tell you, well, obviously we're not in the season at the moment, but, you know, yeah. I, I don't know much about Premier League football, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I love gigs, you know, I love swimming. Yeah. But yeah, it sounds like that there's, you know, it, it, it isn't a kind of a thing of like, this is what men like to do, so let's do this. It's kind of the activities coming first. Yeah, and, exactly. and we, we, it's the community that steer it. Yeah. Everybody's got an idea or they'll volunteer. And it is, there are lots of projects. And they're going, ah, you like beer, you like football, you are a man. I go, well, <laughs> firstly, I don't understand the offside rule. Never have done. I don't drink <laughs> alcohol. So where do I fit in? Yeah. You know? Um, so there is, you know, we do have a couple of beers at the dad's only meetups. Some boys do play football because that's what they want to do. But then it is so much more. And the what happens is that the, you know, we, so we do the play dates, but we also do dad-only meet-up, meet so that's a bit like a youth club, but for men. So we've got VR headsets 
a few board games. You know, I bought a load of Top Trumps, a sponsorship by a lovely local brewer called Unbarred. And we'll get 20 lads together, have a chat. But then it's then the therapy starts unintentionally. Mm. So rather than sit around in a circle and talk about your feelings, they'll just actually just start opening up. And it can be everything from, you know, my marriage is in crisis. How the hell do you negotiate with a three-year-old that won't put their bloody shoes on in the morning? You know, men that have got issues with alcohol and substance abuse, uh, sexual trauma. And we have some really honest and frank conversation i think as a bit of a, a microcosm of society it's really interesting because we've got dads that have got seven figure salaries we've got dads that are accessing food banks we've got ex-offenders we've got serving police officers it isn't just a bunch of say angry angry divorced and single men mm. it's happily married co-parents step-parents dads that have gone through the adoption process dads that are grieving because there's a huge taboo around discussing things like stillbirth, mm. you know, especially from a, a male perspective. And But if you don't talk about these things, they fester and they become really toxic. And that's where the serious mental health issues and, you know, substance abuse and marriage breakdown comes from. Because you can't put your hand up going, you know, this fatherhood, Lark, it ain't all that you've cracked up to be, is it? It's really difficult. And where do I go for advice without feeling like a, an idiot. Yeah, it's about, you know, we've we got dads whose children are changing gender. And it's okay, so how, how do we have those honest conversations? Because I don't understand this bit. You know, this is new to me. And I don't want to be a bigot. I, I don't understand. So there is this lovely peer network of dads that have gone through similar things that are acting like mentors and having, okay, well, this is how you maybe can approach it. There's a Uncle Alex, as we called him, who's a a GP and a conflict resolution expert, he acts a bit like an agony uncle for mm. some of the lads, you know? Med Up, Men Down is sponsored by Welldoing. It's a great platform for finding a therapist or counsellor. They only accept verified professionals and they make it really easy to find one who is right for you. You can also use their personalised matching service so your availability, budget and needs are expertly matched with just the right person. If you didn't already know, success in therapy is down to making a great match with your counsellor and the people at Welldoing really know how to make that happen. Plus, they have loads of stories, videos and interviews to support your mental health. Take a look at welldoing.org. Well, I'm going to let Volker get a word in after this. But, um, <laughs> sorry, I do ramble on, boys. No, 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 no sorry. Well, I'd like to listen and all. And, you know, when we had the conversation before, it's... Yeah, sorry, sorry David, you, you, you were talking. I mean, I was just going to say that, you know, it reminds me of, um, you know, one of the interviews that we did, well, in the last season with um, Charlie Bethel from Men's Sheds. Yeah. And, you know, and he said, if you get men together in a group, they won't talk to each other, as you say, you know, they'll sort of look at their phone and say, but if you put a broken lawnmower in the middle of the room, then, you know, men want to start tinkering and then, sorry, that's perhaps not the right word, but, you know, they want to <laughs> fix it. And um, and then suddenly, you know, 20 minutes later, yeah, they're talking about everything under the sun. And, and I think, you know, it, it sort of, you know, again, I don't want to come across as, as like 
sexist or misogynist, but I think, you know, it is just, you know, the way that we are, men are, are wired very differently in, in terms of social context. And yeah, you know, we, we need a reason to talk rather than talking for the sake of it. <laughs> oh, well, I suppose we, we do talk, but we never scratch the surface. Yeah. Like, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, good. I don't know, but how are you really? Well, it's that thing of when you, you come back from seeing your mates and, and your wife is, oh, how is so-and-so? I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. We didn't really talk about that. Oh, you know, how are they getting on with that? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, and it is almost like, you you, you know, I'm just sort of thinking that I can sort of spend a weekend with my closest friends and it'll literally be the last couple of hours that you start getting into the, like, the deep stuff. And, you know, and I think... <laughs> Again, you know, obviously you've talk, touched on alcohol and, and, you know, that's something that we've talked a lot about on this podcast. And I struggle with socialising without alcohol. But, you know, it's it sort of a lot of the time, it, you know, men need that to start getting into the deep stuff. But, well, you know, but obviously, as many of our guests have told us, that you don't need alcohol to get into the deep <laughs> stuff. Well, it's having those other facilitated spaces because the tradition is you go down the pub. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For a lot of our dads, either you know, they don't drink, they don't want to drink, or it's just really bloody expensive to go down the pub. Yeah. And you don't want to feel awkward because you can't buy around. Yeah. So what we do is we, we started our meetups in a pub, but then we, we had lads that were doing three-hour round trips to come along. And we realised you've got to be quite brave to walk into a strange pub, approach a, a group of lads on the table are all laughing and joking and look like they've known each other for years so that's another barrier and we've just removed it so we we take over co-working spaces in the evening it's like business networking but nobody cares what you do for a living on i'd say the dad's meetups we've got the the partnership with a, a lovely local brewers that stick a case in there so if anybody wants a you know a can of ale they can have one or if you're quite happy with a cup of tea you can have that and it makes no difference. There's none of that. Oh, why aren't you drinking? You're so boring. Because it's, yeah. it's just accepted. And I'm because I don't drink. It's kind of I don't care. I don't want to be that dribbling wreck in the corner with a three day hangover. Thanks very much. That's my choice. If that's what you want to do, you do it. But you don't tend to do it here. You know, too busy gas bagging about every subject under the sun. And I really wish. You know, we can't, we can't from a, a privacy point of view, but to be able to record these conversations and then play it back to the wider world, you put a group of strangers in a place with free beer, what do you think they're going to talk about? And it is, they're going to talk about beer, they're going to talk about football, and they're probably going to be, you know, making derogatory remarks about women. Mm. And it's like, you have got no idea. Going back to your, um, your mum's net story, actually had a, a conversation with one of the founders a couple of months ago and I said you know why did you ever never never set up a dad's net and she was like she was laughing she said oh if I've had a pound for every time I was asking that and it's because she said we can never get men to talk and men don't talk I said oh, I think you find you're wrong there Lou you know because I've got thousands of members in eight different countries and we're clearly demonstrating that they do they're just you know that wasn't the, the the safest spaces for them to have a conversation. Ours is. 
I think I think what you said is, and you both said it, right? So I don't know why I'm say, saying it again, but it's, it's it's really to reiterate, it's creating a space for men, right? Men men kind of need a space, whilst you know women seem to, and again, right, without prejudice, right, seem to just be able to talk. And it's interesting what you said then about exchanging numbers, right? If if a dad, you know, or, or you know, not. Say not even a dad. A bloke goes up to 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 girl, a woman, and says, "Can I have your number?" Then it's like, oh, you know, he fancies her, right? Whilst well, it's, it's just about playdates, right? It, it's it's this this barrier, and that's that's interesting actually to to think about it. I, I never I've, I never thought about that, right? But yeah, I can I can imagine how from a from a woman's perspective, from a mom's perspective, if if just a single dad comes up and goes like, "Oh, can I have your number to arrange a playdate?" She might go like, "Hmm." You know what is he after? It shouldn't be like that, but there's always this underlying, isn't it? This underlying, uh, not tension, but you know, do, do, does does he does he you know as a bloke? Yeah, want to get on with trusted? Yeah, um, and probably quite a lot of them can't be. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a great opportunity, right? I mean, <laughs> as David said earlier, right, <laughs> to, yeah. to meet all the all the mummies, but all, um, all the milfs, yeah. Yeah, or they have their 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 mum's playground WhatsApps. Yeah, and then they go, oh, we've got a great idea. We're going to set up a WhatsApp group for you dads, and we're going to organise a pizza night. Yeah, and you just end up with the two people that actually turn up, and it's really socially awkward. And the only thing you've got in common is that you actually had sex about the same time a few years beforehand. Yeah, so there are artificial social engagements. So, yeah. I don't, you know, that's not the place I want to be in. Thanks very much. I'd like some pals to muck about with. And and, and I think that's that's exactly the point, right? Because I I remember I set up this WhatsApp group. It's still going. You yeah. know, ten years now. Gee, I couldn't even tell you how many people are on there. You know, if if we have one WhatsApp a month, it's a lot. And then every every six months we try to meet up for drinks, which used to be monthly. Because as you say, right, it's just random people with 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 a kid of similar age. I know that the new generation where I live, um, they have a WhatsApp group with like 80 dads in there and it's allegedly really active and that's great, right? And I said, well, maybe, maybe we should join WhatsApp groups. Um, but again, if, if we just created a space around something that that's like, so, so, so maybe we need to, to need to come up with a, with a concept for, um, for where I live, for Dead Lasso, and, and get dads to, to talk. So where, how, how exactly does it work, Dan? I mean, do you, I mean, you've mentioned there that you're now active in eight countries. I mean, obviously, I'm guessing you don't jump on a jet to get to the next one. Uh, no, we, they, so we've got our physical groups across Sussex, but then we've got a very active online community. So we've got our private Facebook page, we've got WhatsApp, we've got main, most of the, the sort of major social channels. And in there... There's, there's, again, even separate communities, little... It's almost like the gremlins, you know, when they, they've water. got water on them and they just yeah. start expanding out. Yeah, we're like that, don't feed us after midnight. <laughs> um, through, the, I suppose, the, the stories and the contents, you know, we have some really interesting podcasts. We do a thing called the Dad Assault Sessions once a month on a Thursday night. So it's it's almost like a, a, a live TV show where we'll have four or five different guests on with a range of different topics and that's spread so then I'll, I'll you know we'll get emails from berlin we'll get e- emails from new zealand we're having conversations with uh georgia state university in atlanta 
that Dadless Soul there. So they, there's guys that can't physically come to the actual events, but they're they're venting in the in the same space mm. with with strangers essentially. But it's I suppose it's brothers in arms. Mm. Yeah, I want to say a dad's army, but you automatically think of <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. That's a cultural reference. What the, we do. The I don't even understand that. Yeah. So while we're on the subject, uh, have you heard of uh, De La Soul, Volker? Uh, I haven't, no. Why, is that another... Well, they're, well, they're, they're a hip-hop group, but I'm guessing that's where Dan got it his uh, inspiration from. So De La Soul were um, a very prominent okay. 80s hip-hop group, and they, they changed the face of music because at the time it was all about gold chains and big cars and stuff like that. De La Soul... The, the range of sampling they did, they, they created this thing with groups like Tribal Quest called Native Tongues, and it was all about self-improvement and sampling from very, very random things. And they they kind of took their inspiration from odd places like folk music and right and, and created something brand new. They created a community. So there is a direct homage, should we say, yeah. to De La Salle. It's also quite a good dad pun, you know, got to be said. But the, the translation of de la soul in Spanish means from the soul. Yeah. So in COD translation, this is from the dad. Wow. Okay. I didn't realise it was that deep. I was just, you know, what, interested to hear if Volker had heard of de la soul. But a three's, three's the magic number. You must yes. have heard that one. Right, I would get nip onto Spotify. They've now been able to release their back catalogue. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because I was going to say that. Sorry, going off on a tangent here. But... Um, but yeah, because I that's really annoyed me. Well, that's like one of the few albums like that yeah. I listened to on CD because yeah, basically there wasn't the licensing. It was very specific to cassettes and CDs. Well, yeah, also, yeah, because of the amount of random unauthorized samples that they took, because they did they got their inspiration from literally anywhere to create something new. That when the the sampling laws kicked in in the sort of late 80s is that well we're done and they had a huge issue with their record company ripping them off so it's gone through decades of you know legal issues should we say but suddenly they've been able to reap some of the rewards and it's the third i think 30th anniversary of their first album but it's yeah it's incredibly just like you know with us we'll be a tech innovation center one week the next week we're an adult we're learning difficulties center in september we've got a partnership uh where we're going to take over historic buildings so with Am- Boleyn's house for example so we've mixed history technology music arts craft and create something brand new oh i love it so um where like well how often do the events take place is it weekly so they're, or they're monthly? monthly depending in, in brighton which i think is the Second Saturday of the month, Worthing is the fourth Saturday of the month. Um, but by the end of the year, we're going to have something on every Thursday and every Saturday morning throughout the year because there's cases where dads are separated and maybe they don't have their kids on that particular Saturday. So then they have to wait or they have to work, maybe. So that they miss, they miss out. And because we've got these range of different areas and locations, the idea is that we can fill your social calendar with something and our ticket prices are very very low and then we have a no questions asked you know if you can't afford it you don't have to pay you know because i don't want this sort of rich and poor 
divide because the events that we do are pretty cool and it's it would normally be you know very middle class people that can afford access to technology and their kids would get that experience i'm fundamentally opposed to that so it's kind of come one come all and that's why we've got this lovely mix of demographics and it's about i don't care what car you drive what your business card says you know are you a decent fella and it's those three letters dad that binds it all together so um i mean have you found there's been like more interest or more demand since sort of the cost well since the pandemic slash cost of living crisis i mean for me i you know, it was like, I felt like I was strong dad during the pandemic. And yeah. then almost when when things started getting back to normal, in inverted commas, you know, I guess that's when I sort of felt like I was struggling. Like, I've been holding it together. Yeah. And now I can't. I mean, I just wondered, you know, yeah, have, have you sort of seen... The pandemic career? was really good and really bad for us. Different reasons. The, the bad was I lost probably 90% of the volunteers the then two other directors, you know, it, it got very unpleasant. Almost, there was, there was a time one night where um, I was extremely stressed and I wasn't sleeping. I decided to have a shower about three o'clock in the morning and I sort of burst into tears. And, you know, can I actually do this anymore? Because I had a day job and I had a family and stuff like that. I, thought, I need to, because no matter how bad I feel, there's people worse. We did some incredible things. Like we did the world's first international play date. So we had dads in Kenya and the States and Germany taking part. But I think it also gave a view. You know, a lot of people started the hybrid working, which I think it it forced us into that conversation where dads were actually at home and taking more of the childcare and seeing what their, their wives and partners have to put up with. And they also realised that um, they didn't want to go back to that, you know, constantly being absent. But yeah, there, there is a lot of loneliness that came out of lockdown as well. People, people going, yeah, we took this for granted. We don't want mm. it to go back. What about um, divorces? Divorces went up during lockdown, right? Do you, did you see an increase in um, that? I, d- I don't know if we did. We saw a lot of change because we, we're based on the South Coast. So yeah. there was an influx of people that from the city because they realised they don't have to live in the city anymore because they don't have to work at the office. They want yeah. a better quality of life. So we had, you know, half of South London move down here and put the prices, the property prices through the roof. But yeah, I think, you know, if you're, you know, if you're in a relationship and then you actually have to spend time with that person and large chunks of time, yeah. you realise that maybe you're not so suited. Yeah. Touching on something there. I mean, obviously you're now doing this full time. But it sounds like that sounds like quite powerful that a you know you felt that pressure and you're crying in the shower at three in the morning, but you're you know it is such an altruistic sort of point of view of well, if I'm feeling like this, then you know goodness knows what other people are feeling like I mean like you know as I mentioned sort of before we started recording this, I was had a meeting with my mortgage advisor and you know and it is just kind of like fuck you know yeah there, there's a bit of strain there but then at the same time it's like well i know that as you say there's people using food banks and you know a lot of people during the winter make having to make the choice of, of sort of 
eating and, and heating and yeah I mean it, it's sort of in a lot of ways I think it's inspiring that there are so many of these groups and and people like you Dan but at the same time it's kind of like it, it just seems that it's getting slightly political but you know society is only surviving because of people like you whereas the government I don't know. It, it's. I mean, the mental health provision in this country is is is, is shocking, in my opinion. You know, ev- everyone talks about the NHS, and it is a wonderful thing. But you know, in terms of of getting yeah help for mental health, it's they're so underfunded and so under resourced. It, you know, I think three years ago we were spending Thursday nights clapping for them, but we still now won't pay them. Yeah, yeah. Own families. There, there, there's the key difference. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, and and, and exactly, you know, sort of like the, the mental health provision, again, for people in the NHS, you know, it is almost like if you work for a private company, um, and again, it's something we've talked about before, you know, suddenly when corporations realise there's like a, a dollar sign against, you know, wellness and positive mental health, then it's like, oh, right, yeah, we, we need to put some money behind this. But if you're working for the, go- you know, well, a government-funded industry yeah the support doesn't seem to be there or even if you're self-employed there's a big argument now we're part of a think tank to argue and the changes in paternity leave which are absolutely shocking but again if you if you're self-employed or work for a small company they can't fund six months off mm. you know there, 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 there needs to be a bit of parity but yeah we, we don't live in unfortunately a, you know, a truly just society I mean, we, we're drifting a bit we, we need to come to an end I have one question left, or kind of two questions. So if I say the standard question, of course, you know, where, where can people find out more about, you know, that last soul, about what, what you do? But then if I say more importantly, the question is, how can people get involved? So anyone who's listening and says, oh, actually, shit, this is missing in, in, in my hometown, and it might be in, in, in Wales or Scotland or England or wherever, um, or Northern Ireland, just yeah. know, so they don't miss out. But how can people get involved? Well, you know, it's like, yeah. Go to the website, first of all, so it's dandersoul.com. We're yeah. on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, threads, LinkedIn. My email is dan at dadlersoul.com. In regards to moving forward, I think we've yeah. we've, we've penciled six new locations by the end of the year, um, but we're looking, I'm just in the process of recruiting a new ops director so we can almost put a dadlersoul in a box so if you go, well, actually, I want to do something, but I don't know how to do it. Yeah, I don't have that much, but I'm really committed. So you can almost pick it up and drop it in. And I think that's key to our our expansion because we, we've we got lots of offers of collaborations, but because we are a very small team, you know, I'm the only full-time person, the rest are volunteers. So yeah. it might be that, you know, you physically can't come to the groups, but if you've got a few hours to spare a month, you go, no, I, I can dig this. I, I, I believe in it. This would help me. Then drop us a line. And it is that many hands make light work and we can move forward faster together. David, anything else from you? Uh, no, you said you had two questions. Oh, there was a two question. Where can people find out more? Oh, and right. can they get involved? Right, well. You um, didn't listen, did you, David? No, no. no, no, no. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm, uh, up There's to... an intervention here, man. I can feel some marriage <laughs> guidance needed. <laughs> well, I'm just, just you know, want to get onto Spotify to listen to Della Soul. That's <laughs> all I'm thinking of. I, I haven't got anything to add other than, yeah, you know, again, once again, it's, you know, inspiring talking to people like you. It makes me feel brighter about life that, you know, that there are, that there is help. And, you know, obviously, you know, as I say, should the government be doing more? But at the end of the day, you know, thankfully there's people like you, Dan. So, well, it's about um, revolution, and that's what we're here to orchestrate. You yeah, know, the change comes from the grassroots. No, thank, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you for having me, fellas. Very it's been really, uh, really fascinating to learn some different perspectives. Yeah, and I, and I think if you know, as, as we said, you know, when we, when we first spoke, right, coming back to that, I think if you know, if, if we can save one life, right, with with an episode episode like this, right, or an activity, right, then then it's worthwhile doing it. And you know, if everyone thinks like that, there there's a lot of change we can do. And as you say, right, it's a revolution, right, and we just all need to get involved and, and do our part. It is, and you think, you know, okay, give me a couple of hours or give me a tenner, and you put those together in a big pot, that yeah. becomes a pretty strong proposition yeah but individually we you know we can do so much but it is i'm a massive hippie i suppose but it's that togetherness and that feeling of a tribe and a community coming together and going i believe in this i i i'm lonely or disparate or whatever actually i i want to be a dad Lasoli or whoever and fight for change and i've, I've got this like of that bit you know, that really might be the, the piece that we're absolutely missing. Yeah. No, thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Feel free to reach out to Volker or David via our website, www.manupdown.com or podcast at manupdown.com with any feedback or to let us know what topics you'd like us to cover in the future. Hear you again soon.